Hello, good people, and welcome back to another episode of High Minded with McCarter. I am your host, McCarter. I'm her co-host, SK. On episode 42, we talked to Stephen Paternoster of Banger Supply and Summer Morris with some assistance. It was super fun and educational. We talk all about glass and what a banger actually is, which is basically like a bowl, but for concentrate instead of flour. Yeah, vaporizes on impact. Heat it up to really high temperatures and then let it cool down to a very specific temperature. We talked a lot about temperature. Um, I learned a, a ton lot. on this one. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I um, All temperature all the time. Uh, yeah, temperature <laughs> is your main thing. And then there's a lot of other components too. So <laughs> yes, um, it was very interesting. We heard about the different like names of different bangers, like slurpers and charmers. Most of the time we were still talking about china glass, but really just how the vaporizing and dabbing and concentrate community formed along with the glass community Mm -hmm. and how they really needed each other and leaned on each other because they would make these really cool products, but then needed, you know, a good vehicle to consume it out of. Yeah. And then we talked about how the kind of high class glass market has taken off. Oh with yeah, that too, and how really high, highly esteemed artists are really focusing on airflow and oh yes, it's all the function. Yeah, the function, which lots of different functions. People just master the like the way Summer was talking about airflow just through looking at the glass. Right. Amazing. Right. <laughs> yeah, and talking about whether it's like a chugger mm-hmm. of like a piece versus whether it's, I don't know a non chugger, like a sipper. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so incredibly interesting. So yeah, thank you to Steven from Banger Supply. You can check them out on Instagram at Banger, that's B-A-N-G-E-R dot supply, S-U-P-P-L-Y. And you can also follow us on Instagram at High Minded Pod. And my personal one is at McCarter Gets High. So please give those all a follow if you don't already. And a special shout out to our episode sponsor, Hemper. We love Hemper here. We love their monthly subscription boxes. They have the best accessories. I have their big beast bong right now that I love, but their monthly subscription boxes are great. They come with Q-tips, wicks, lighters, new glass, new accessories. It's super great. Check them out at hemper.co and be sure to use my code McCarter gets high. And make sure to leave a review for us on any platform you listen to this podcast. We love your feedback. Comment, like, subscribe. Haven't seen any reviews in a while, so please keep them coming. And next year, we're going to be bringing video content to you. Just picked up a brand new camcorder to start doing video with our guests. And it's really exciting. So more's coming. Yeah, jump on YouTube right now and subscribe to our channel. And as always, stay stay high. high. My name is Steven. I'm the owner and founder of Banger Supply Company. We're based here in Denver, Colorado. We are an online store specializing in import quartz bangers and American glass accessories. We're here today to take some dabs. Hell yeah. (laughs) 
and hear all about like all the differences in glass and why good quality glass is important. Exactly. And like goes so closely with quality cannabis too. But Summer, do you want to introduce yourself too? Sure. So my name's Summer. I'm a friend of Stevens and a glass collector. Uh, I also have a fascination with learning more about the the quality of the glass itself, um, how it's made and how that transitions into the quality of cannabis and how you can get the most out of that quality cannabis through the quality of the glass itself. How did you meet? I was going to say, how did you guys know each other? Was it at the Connoisseur Cup you were gonna no. first oh, met? Or? Sorry. I, I believe remember. technically we did meet at the Connoisseur Cup when yeah. I accidentally <laughs> threw a gram across the table or under the table <laughs> or something and had to ask you to please give me my hash back because okay. so that, um, it like, landed under your chair or something. Well, I think it was like... That was actually how we initially met. Yeah, but more at Dabnation, I guess, um, right? Yeah, I would say probably more at, at some of the, the sesh sessions, events. Yeah, just um, all the sessions. Buying <laughs> lots of, of bangers. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, and then meeting other artists and, and being friends with other artists. We just kind of networked somehow even closer through those interactions uh, as well. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Sorry. What was SK's question? I was going to ask how you um, both... Like found cannabis, fell in love with it. Yes, great question. You want to go first? I got to think about that one. Oh, wow. Well, I guess technically for me, it really actually started back in South Carolina um, as, a, as a teenager in high school, mm. doing all the things you're not supposed to be <laughs> doing, telling your, your parents you're having a sleepover at a friend's house, you know, just watching a movie yep. when you're actually at the, the party drunk um, <laughs> with your friends. And Mikey and I were actually dating at the time, um, and his mom told us not, don't let, don't let him smoke any weed. I know you know what I'm talking about. Don't let him smoke any weed. <laughs> and I was actually pulling back up in the yard from getting food, and I was like, I, I think it may be a little late for that. Um, and he's kind of hitting the joint now. <laughs> um, <laughs> the hash and, lord was born. <laughs> and yeah, and then the hash lord was born at that point. It just kind of was part of his life from that point forward and just nice. kind of grew um, from there. And kind of, I guess for me right there along with it is I grew in that with him, um, yeah. being part of him. It kind of became part of me as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also learning more about it and the benefits from it and finding out how it really was actually helping me through with health issues at the time um, in different ways. Yeah. And the more I learned about it, the more I found it, it really was helpful um, by knowing about different terpenes and cannabinoids and yeah. which ones were the most useful. Um, so that's kind of just where it all started and just kind of gradually started growing from there. I mean, as you can imagine, it, of course, there were no dabs in the beginning at all. <laughs> yeah. um, and then probably... The weed wasn't so great either. Oh. Um, definitely wasn't a great start, but that was a start like everyone. <laughs> but we all got here. Yeah, yeah. right. Um, now. now I'm like, wow, I would never smoke that in a million years. <laughs> right. But that's all I smoked then. Um, and it's pretty cool to see how far we've, we've come since then um, oh, from yeah. knowledge and, and everything else along the journey. But yeah, that's where it all started. Major, major differences. But <laughs> yeah. Well, I was just in high school, you know. Same as everyone else. Yeah. <laughs> and um, I, I guess I, I would consider myself a very introverted person in high school. And uh, I kind of used it to just um, get over like that social anxiety and just anxiety in general and uh, just be able to talk to people, you know, like a normal person. So uh, I definitely did my research and um, just was really fascinated by all the benefits and the fact that um, people didn't know about it was super surprising to me so 
yeah, I really just, um, I was actually really into computers and I still am. Um, I have a degree in computer science. So, oh, cool. Uh, in the beginning, I really wanted to figure out a way to, you know, implement some, some technology into cannabis that maybe hasn't been done before, but takes a lot of time and money. So we're still, you know, um, I, <laughs> yeah. I just fell in love with dabbing and uh, really um, discovered that there was a niche in the market for quality import bangers mm-hmm. that were affordable. So yeah, I created um, a business to solve my own problem, I guess. It's so smart because I literally, I, I don't like going into the glass shops because I feel like everything is so expensive. And I'm just like, I'm trying to get out of here with my, with, yeah, like a new banger. Or like, you know, less than $100 or like, you know, with some accessories, whatever, like, and so I, I really appreciate that. Uh, that's how you feel too. And you started this company. <laughs> In college, actually. Oh, no okay. way. That's so cool. Yeah. A when young you entrepreneur. I graduated last May, last year in 2021. Okay. So, um. Yeah, like a month after I graduated, I was like, I need to get out of Texas. I'm going to go to Colorado where there's a real industry and people know what I'm talking about. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, So how long have you been in Colorado? What has it been? Like a year and four months now. Oh, wow. Okay, nice. Pretty new still. Pretty new still. That's awesome. So cool. Thank you. Wow. And where were you from again? So I was born in Connecticut. Okay. And um, lived there for about half my life and in Texas for about half my life. I was going to college in Lubbock, Texas, which is just a West Texas town in the middle of nowhere. There's (laughs) really just the college, and uh, that's it for like two hours drive in every direction. So (laughs) that's that's something. Yeah, it was was bad. (laughs) I had a similar experience. I went to college in Indiana, Uh, and Indiana is a terrible state. uh, (laughs) Um, What's there? DePaul University is the school I went to, but besides that, besides that, nothing. It's all <laughs> cornfields and soy fields. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I totally feel you. Like we would just all go smoke weed in the car and like drive around. <laughs> but that's also how I got two possession charges mm-hmm. of cannabis. So I, then my parents were like, "Go where it's legal, you idiot." <laughs> well, that's good at least. Yeah. yeah. Like, What's there? A lot of cops that hate uh, weed. Yeah, I, I grew up like two miles from Indiana oh, okay. in Kentucky, and yes. uh, yeah, I will say that that area not a friendly place for yeah. it. I feel lucky to have gotten out of Texas with no charges or anything. Oh, like that. that's yeah. great! It's, that means uh, you were smart about it. Well, well dabbing's nice because there's less smell. So uh, exactly, yeah, exactly. way less potent than flour. And now, time for a quick commercial break. Say goodbye to late night store runs and hello to convenience delivered with Hemper. We've got you covered with premium smoking supplies that are shipped directly to your door. Remove the hassle and enjoy the best smoking experience with Hemper. Check them out at hemper.co. That's H-E-M-P-E-R.co. Can you start by telling us, first of all, what you brought so we've brought um, one of our style uh, quartz bangers. That one specifically is the XL Slurper, um, or the XL Terp Slurper, I guess is, is, is its full name. And um, I did not bring the ideal accessories for it. Unfortunately, you just have a pearl in there, but it'll still work just fine. And um, the other banger, as well as our latest version of the blender, 
um, which is just a little bit simpler than a slurper. There's kind of less different uh, sections to it, but it functions more or less the same, makes stuff inside of a spin. So what is like the point of a banger for people who may not know what we're talking about? Well, at its most basic form, I guess you could say the point of a banger is to consume cannabis concentrate. Um, there's a lot of different ways to do that. I mean, similar to a Puffco or maybe a um, cartridge pen, you know, something like that. But when you want to just, you know, take the biggest dab you can, you're going to have to use a quartz banger for t- to do that. Yeah. So instead of taking like a lot of really small hits from a vape pen that I see people doing to try to get that effect, mm-hmm. you're just able to take like one huge dab for your desired effect in a quicker, more efficient manner. Exactly, exactly. So it's the way that you vaporize the cannabis. Yeah. Okay, yeah. nice. And so can we talk a little bit about temperature and like what you guys were talking about before we started recording about, because I'm about to heat it up. Can you walk me through what to do? Or a person, yeah, who's never dabbed before. Because okay. we get that question so much for like new users. They're like, what is dabbing? Yeah. <laughs> well, I guess there would be... You know, two different sides of it, one being how to heat it up specifically, because you have to keep in mind where the concentrate's getting vaporized on that banger. Um, You know, whereas like the basic flat bottom, most of it's going to get melted on the bottom. A turp slurper or a blender, it's going to get sucked into the middle chamber and vaporized on those side walls. So you really want to focus your heat there as well as um, if you have a temperature sensor, which is um, more or less required to use these types of bangers, then you want to temperature sense the side of the banger because that's where um, you want to focus most of your you know heat and concentrate on. Yeah. So how important is temperature? I feel like we all didn't know what we were doing yeah. several years ago when everyone first like started. Well, when dabbing started getting really big, at least in my world. Um, and I remember taking my first dab in college, and they ma- they made it red hot. <laughs> it was just like. It was, I think, like a titanium nail. So mm-hmm. it wasn't even glass or like quartz or, or I don't know what it was, honestly. But <laughs> <laughs> um, it was the most harsh situation I've ever had because it was the hottest. Like no one knew what they were doing. Mm-hmm. So what do you tell people about temperature? Well, yeah, the industry has definitely uh, progressed a lot over the last couple of years, and we've learned a lot more about um, what the optimal dabbing temperature is. You know, everyone's opinion is different. Like, as, as you were talking about before, a lot of things are just anecdotal. You know, I don't have the exact science or experimentation right. um, to prove these things, but, you know, I can only give you my, my um, you know, what what I've learned based on my experience. Yeah. And, uh, well, and you've developed, I feel like, an expertise from all of your experience. For sure, yeah. And just listening to a lot of our customers, too, has been um, something that's even taught me a lot of, you know, like new ways to hit our bangers or uh, better ways to use them. And uh, so, yeah, the, the optimal temperature is, you know, around 500 degrees Fahrenheit. You can go slightly above or below that depending on um, what type of banger you're using or maybe the setup inside of it. So, mm-hmm. but yeah. And a lot of people say they're also like searching for a specific like terpene or cannabinoid that also like burns or is expressed more through a certain temperature. Is for that, sure. Is that yeah. right? For sure. Yeah. I mean, you could probably tell, tell them more about that, but uh, I definitely know that, you know, dabbing at, let's say 400 degrees, will get a completely different flavor than dabbing at, you know, 520, depending on what type of wax or concentrate you're using. Totally makes sense. Yeah. 
summer? So as far as the temperature and the strain you're dabbing to get those certain terpenes and cannabinoids that you're looking for out, as a general rule of thumb, most people relate doing a really hot dab to being spicy. Um, Carophylline is going to be your spicier terpene. Um, okay. Described as like black pepper yeah. as far as smell. So the hotter you dab that, the more that's going to come out um, for sure. Um, okay. The more you're going to taste that and the spicier <laughs> it's going to be. That makes sense um, with my first dabbing experience. And yeah. a lot of people will, just like when they have black pepper, will sometimes even sneeze if you if yeah. you dab that hot enough. Yeah. Um, it, you'll feel the burn like in your nose and yes. you feel the spiciness from it. So a lot of your sweeter strains, like I would say like bananas, strawberries, those right. kind of sweeter smelling mm-hmm. and flavor profiles, Yeah, um, they usually don't actually taste so great at a low temperature. Um, they typically, oh. in my opinion, taste a little bit better if you, if you do your little maybe 5, 10, 15 degrees hotter from what you would normally dab. Okay, that's um, so interesting. In my opinion, you get more like on a strawberry strain, you'll get more of the the sweet taste versus at a really low temperature, you almost get more of a chlorine-ish taste I've for some reason. I've totally experienced this before because I love fruity strains. Mm-hmm. That's like what I'm always looking for. I'm like, mm-hmm. what fruit do you got? Like yep. grape nerds, banana puffy, like I'm all about that. Yeah, I'll take it all. <laughs> so that's so interesting to know because like when you're smelling it, well, sometimes I've just experienced like, oh, dabbing it at, I need to pay more attention to the temperature because I'll be dabbing. I'll be like, that does not taste how it's smelling to me, you know? Absolutely. If, well, for me, when in doubt, if I'm using a, a bucket type banger or something that I'm temping from the bottom, my average temperature that I would I would drop my dab at is around 520, 515. Okay. Um, because by the time it melts off of your tool into your banger, it's usually cooled down to about 500 degrees. Yeah. Um, if I'm dabbing on a slurper, a charmer, a blender, anything, I'm temping from the side. Hold on. Wait, what? Yeah, I'm like, I only knew one of those. What words. are those? Oh, wow. So those are all <laughs> kinds of fun, different styles. They're all very similar okay. um, as far as function. Um, Steven will be able to tell. And it's like more, more surface area, technically, yeah, right? That's, that's, really that's the, the point. Main, that, that is the main difference between these okay. nails and the flat bottom nails is they're spreading your product across a higher surface area at a more rapid pace because mm. of the accessories they use inside of it, because of the slits, um, and just you know the way the ba- the way the banger is designed. Um, so yeah, there really has been developed a lot of different, you know, slightly different variations that start. All, it really all started with the slurper, which is why everyone knows what it is by now. Um, but you know, yeah, you've got the blender, the charmer, the auto spinner. Um, just <laughs> these wow. names. turbine, the, different variations of the slurpers. Who came up and with the names? Oh, sorry. <laughs> sorry. No, yeah. they. I I really don't know, to be honest with you. I mean, uh, I think the person who invented the slurper was uh, JP or Toro Glass. Mm. So I've heard of that. I think he was the inventor of the slurper. But honestly, after that, it's just kind of been up to the industry to make right. up their own names. Yeah. And the community takes it and will right, right. do its own thing. What yeah. were you going to say? Sorry. Um, I was going to say, and so that surface area just allows for the terpenes to be expressed um, or experienced more. Um, right. Well, and, and very, it all to be like vaporized <coughs> at the same time too, right? Okay. Very rapidly and with a lot more airflow. How important is the banger and nail versus the actual glass like piece that you're hitting out of. Like is it okay to have like a really nice 
quartz banger, but then like me kind of a shitty glass piece or like, you know what I mean? Like where's someone, I guess if they like don't have a lot of money, hmm. where should they be putting it? I would say it's a combination. Um, yeah. So just like with the, the slurpers, because of the airflow and the surface area that we were just talking about, I actually temp those about 10 to 15 degrees cooler mm. than anything I would temp from the bottom. So uh. if I'm dropping a dab at 520, 515 on a flat bottom bucket, I would drop it at 500 on the side of a slurper. Okay. Um, Otherwise, that's, that's where you get. A, I feel like you get a lot of that argument on if slurpers do taste better, um, as far as terpenes versus others. Um, and I think it has to do with if you're tempting them. Because I argued they definitely do not taste better for a long time, until I accidentally let it cool off too much one day and dropped it a little <laughs> bit cooler and realized, hey, this tastes actually almost exactly the same or a little different. But you get a better taste than I was getting before, and I was mm. like, huh. And I started doing making it a consistent thing that I do every time, and found that that's just needed to get that okay. better profile out of it. Yeah. Um, so then it's just a matter of kind of opinion. Um, so I think at that point, for the slurper, you were like you were tra- you were dropping it still at five fifteen or five twenty, where just now you're doing it five hundred. Right. Okay. Um, and so with that airflow, it also depends on on your rig. Um, I don't think you have to have an expensive rig okay. per se um, if it's still made well and has a has a good airflow. And it's okay. all comes down to personal preference on your airflow. Some people like a nice heavier, more like a bong rip, like a chugger, um, like a chugger. <laughs> um, I am a person. Uh, this is right here is my favorite rig yeah. ever made. I like the smaller, um, and it's an rigs. airier. Um, hit and it's not necessarily the size of the rig either. Um, it has to do with the the holes in your perk, um, just like the slits in your um, slurper has to do with wow. the airflow um, and the combination together. There's actually some bangers that I loved it when I tried hitting it on Steven's rig. Um, took it home, put it on my rig, and was not as much of a fan <laughs> because the airflow was. Oh. It was a very airy airflow, and I okay. have a very airy airflow on my rig, so the two together was just super too airy, air. and it just was kind of sending way too much smoke into my lungs, and I have little <laughs> tiny baby lungs, so... That's so interesting. It, it was just too much airflow for me um, on that rig, but on a different rig, was in love with it. So it really just depends on your personal preference mm-hmm. um, and finding the right combo together. And the more you learn about class in general the more you'll be able to just kind of look at a piece and know yeah. this banger is going to go great with this rig that I have or maybe not. Um, or maybe if I have a different rig or I would like this one or not. Wow. Um, and then even having that knowledge, you st- still can't necessarily just look at one with no water in it in a shop and, and know yeah. that that's what you're going to like or not. But it can give you a lot more insight to guess. Um, and then you can actually start asking those questions to know if it's something you're going to like or not. So yeah. interesting. Okay, so I do want to try it, but okay. I do. You, can you maybe show us how to heat it sure, up? Sure, sure. <laughs> I'm nervous, which is funny because she is a big dabber. So I know, but now like, these are like they're these are pros in front of me. Like I can't like <laughs> do it wrong. Fuck up. Yeah. <laughs> okay, well, first, I'm glad you have a blazer. That's like one of my biggest recommendations to people. Is they don't same. have a really good torch. I know, same. I really. My friend told me right away, she's like, if you're going to dab, you need to get this right away. Yeah. And then 
So, okay, first thing is I never heat up my accessories inside of the banger. Oh, um, thank for you. For a I couple didn't. different reasons. Borosilicate really stresses a lot. Okay, uh, and that's uh, what they're made out of Right, generally. so these are, gla- these are mostly glass pearls and glass accessories. Oh, I'm so sorry. And, you know, over 700 degrees, um, they will start to crack, possibly. Okay, and then you're oh. smoking shattered glass. Yeah, maybe. Okay. Oh my god! But the main another concern is they'll they'll get really dirty and uh, you know chazzed is what we call it when accessories or bangers get uh, black or gray, um, and it's really hard to clean those off compared to a banger where you can just heat it off. Yeah, yeah. Um, for the most part. Okay, and you're so, gonna start heating it at the side, not the bottom, yes. on a terp slip. Now a lot of Different people, I mean, it's there's really no exact way to heat up a banger. People do it different ways depending on how they use them, but um, you really want to focus the heat on the side. And with this banger, um, I'm going to basically heat it on the side and point it towards the bottom slightly. So some of the heat is still reaching the bottom, but most of it's on the side. I'm going <clears> to <throat> rotate it so it's heating the other side and heating the back and the front. So it's all nice and evenly heated um, so that when I'm sensing it, on one part of the side, it'll be, you know, same all around. Okay. And Especially, I... Yeah, just like that. Okay. I love these guys, but they told me, they're like, oh, you might have broken yours because you got it too close to your banger. <laughs> that could also happen, right? So now you want to leave your temperature sensor, if it's an IR sensor like the dab, right, around an inch away. Um, they could get damaged if they're a little bit closer. And... And this is a terp slurper, right? Correct. And it's a super long one. I don't think I've ever seen yeah, one this long. Yeah, why is it so long? What so, does that bring? Yeah, there's like different variants of the slurpers now. Mm-hmm. Some, And I've really just taken our, our customers' feedback on this. Uh, some people have asked for, you know, a longer slurper. Mm-hmm. And the reason being is because sometimes if you draw too hard on a slurper, it, it could, you know, suck the wax all the way down the neck. Yep. And you never want that to happen. So. Mm-hmm. It's like I'm guilty of that. Oh, often, that's the and worst. I hate it. I yeah. literally hate myself in that <laughs> when I do that. That's yeah. Why I can't dab because I just get so mad at myself because well, I'm just like I wasted all this. Well, no, it's <laughs> and like then you can't clean it. No, but the same thing happens with a bowl though too. Where it's like sucking all the flour through. Yeah, that is the worst. I just without. like I'm like eating all yeah. this. That's real. Okay, wait. So how long did you do it for? Not that long. Um, I'd say around a minute, maybe. Okay. Just evenly on all sides. And then as soon as I'm done heating it up, I'll drop that pearl in. Uh, let's see what, what okay. we're at. 700. It doesn't look like it's too... It doesn't look like it's too off. Okay. Wow, yeah. So that... That was really quick. Is that the court, the quality of the quartz that makes it quicker to heat up like that, or? Um, I, that's mostly about the torch. Oh, that's okay. why I recommend this this torch to everyone because it's nice. uh, basically the most powerful hand torch on the market. Okay. Um, yeah. When mine broke, she was like, "If you don't get the blazer, big shot." Like, yeah, I was basically don't even do it. Yeah, I was like, "You're wasting money every time you buy one, and it's <laughs> not that. not a blazer." <laughs> okay, so we're gonna line it up with the temp sensor. Make sure it's lined up. Around a half an inch to an inch away. And once it reaches 500, I'll hand it off. Oh my gosh, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. <laughs> I, feel, I feel like I've never done a dab before. <laughs> there you go. Thank you. It's like tenth okay, one so today. then I put it on the side. Yeah, towards the, just towards the bottom, so it kind of goes right in the slits. Perfect. And there you go. 
So it pulls it inside from the bottom. Right. Okay. <clears throat> kind of up into that chamber. Nice. That was so smooth. <laughs> wow. And none in the neck. No. A beautiful thing. Wow. <laughs> okay, so then I take it off. Right, yep. Yeah, marble off and then... Here, but I don't this. have a little thingy. Oh, do I put the whole thing in there? Yeah. Oh. oh. Okay, so we have a, um, a container of isopropyl and we so, are now yeah. submerging. Usually you want to wait until it gets around 300, oh. but after you're done hitting it, it's usually around that. Oh. Yeah, so it's just you never want to dunk it like red hot. Oh, right. Okay, so now I just could just it throw it on. catch fire. It can ah! actually temp shock your glass um, and cause it to to actually crack or break. Oh, okay. um, especially if you are using isopropyl um, at a lower percentage, like seventy percent or ninety one percent. I always this recommend using. So I always recommend using ninety nine point nine if possible. Okay. Or, okay. Um, with with your glass, it cleans a little bit better and it has less yeah. water content in it, so it's less likely to crack or. Temp shock your pearls um, if they're not oh, okay. well made or if they're they're actually china glass or anything like that. It just avoids it from stressing the glass okay. from the temperature change. Um, so if you've ever been cooking with like Pyrex dishes and mm-hmm. taking it straight out of the oven and sat it in the sink or on the counter and it yep. shattered, it will do. It's the same exact thing. It's temp shocking the glass. Okay. Whoa. And that's why, same thing with like pans. My mom's like, don't put in cold water. You'll like warp the pan. Yep. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Oh my God. Okay. Well, thank you for cleaning that for me. Sorry. No, it's okay. So wow. you just like dunked it a couple times in the ISO and then used a Q tip to Usually like, that will clean off all the residue. <clears throat> um, I think maybe the, t- the dab right might be a little bit off because <laughs> it did, because the fact that the residue basically stuck to the banger. It might have been a little Too bit hotter hot. than it normally. So yeah, that's you, when you know. Okay. Exactly. Yeah. Usually, it should just be able to wash off. I mean, depending on the, you know, if you're smoking some poop wax, then it, it might stick to the side. But gotcha. We are not. No, of course not. <laughs> so it's quartz. Yes. Not glass. Let's talk yes. about that. What does that mean? Yeah. Is it like <laughs> the same quartz that I see when I go on a hike? So it's a like, rock. It would be no. It's mineral refined. You know, in a factory um, down to. purity. um, Okay. And, you know, held to a certain standard. This is, they actually use, you know, quartz um, in scientific settings a lot. So whether it's in laboratories or... Beakers. um, Yeah, exactly. It's it's not always just Love a beaker. (laughs) Sometimes they need quartz for things that get super hot or... um, uh, even when it comes down to these joint fittings, Mm. the standard size is 10, 14, and 18. That comes from the scientific glass industry that already had those joint sizes. Wow. Oh. Some of them just make them up. So, um, That's so cool. Yeah. Is yeah. there a um, significant, like I, I notice a lot of rigs will have the 18. Um, is it helpful to have a smaller gauged fitting? Definitely. And that's another one of those anecdotal things um, because it has a lot of factors that you know have to do with the actual rig itself, not only the, the joint size of the banger, but... A lot of people will say that, yeah, a 10 millimeter joint like the one that she was just using um, does have a lot more restrictive airflow, is a little bit easier to get um, functioning, you know, or get something inside of it to be spinning. Okay. um, Because that more restrictive airflow. And it also comes down to simply, again, just preference. And what, Mm -hmm. just like if you like the chuggier pulling rigs or if you like that nice airier, Mm -hmm. bubbly type rigs. Um, 
my husband, Mikey, like that was here last week, he a lot of times doesn't even put water in his ribs. Wow. Um, okay, yeah, can you talk about that? How come people, because I've met some dabbers on the West Coast that are so into dry dabs mm-hmm. and I just, I can't get behind it. So the biggest reason to have waterless dabs <laughs> would be basically is terpenes are water soluble, or at least many of them are. Um, so by using water in your rig, the more, or some people argue the more water you're using in your rig versus less water or even no water at all, the water causes you to lose terpenes oh. um, is what a lot of people, people argue. Um, I don't know that there's really any like proven scientific test to, to say for sure that that happens. Yeah. Um, I would it's just the community. Personally, mm-hmm. Right. And personally, I would argue that it does make a little bit of a difference. I taste a slight difference but with water without. But I think it cools without. it down, though, too. Exactly. So I would argue it does taste a little bit different if you don't use water. Um, having a shorter path, um, and what I mean by that is from where the smoke is being actually sucked the into the rig. The point of contact. Rig, right. It's, being, it's coming into the rig versus to where it ends up actually going into your lungs to where it comes out. The shorter path you have, so the quicker it gets from and yeah. its heating point to inside you, your lungs, and coming back out the better it's going to taste um, because you don't have time for your smoke to get stale, okay. basically. Isn't there oh. something about filtration with the water, though, for your lung health? Absolutely. Okay. Um, I, a lot of people would, again, I don't know that there's any scientific backing to it mm-hmm. to say, but I definitely can see reason that it would be perfectly logical to think that it is filtering it. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I don't notice enough or of the taste humidifying difference. it, like putting more like moisture. In mm-hmm. it. Absolutely. Also, a lot of people that I know dab and have asthma say that using the water helps yeah. a lot with that. It does make it smoother. Yeah. Um, so I think it really just comes down to personal preference, taste, your temperature, and, and that path distance. Um, yeah. The shorter path distance is definitely going to make a huge difference. Okay. On that for sure. They actually make dry tops for Puffco's um, that are made specifically to not put water in them. Mm-hmm. Really? And I was wondering because sometimes I do hit mine dry. If and, I'm traveling with it, it's just easier, you know? Yeah. I <laughs> was not a fan of hitting my Puffco dry with the top that comes with it. They have a short, what's called a short path dry top so it's basically for your like a proxy the new proxy oh, <laughs> absolutely okay. so something like the proxy would have a very oh. short path on it and would be great for for no water because i did like the proxy when i hit it i was like that's the best dry dab i've ever had it's but i had just the gotten the puffco pro and so i was like well fuck i'm not gonna go by <laughs> it, it, it's a huge difference in that distance um you have a lot and more it's room just like a um, 50 dollar for it to build up in there Top or something? Is it glass too? It is glass. Um, you can get some for as cheap as like eighty, ninety dollars. Okay, yeah, yeah, mine. Yeah, I think this glass piece was eighty. Wait, I do have to bring something up. I got this because I really wanted the limited edition color one. But then I follow Best of Glass mm. that account, and they like put them on blast. That I have it over there. If you can see it, the one that it came with it, it was painted. They Puffco fucking painted it, and that's literally like the number one not thing not to do. Yeah, for glass, it's like if the colors there, the color has to be blown in with like color rods, and so like what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, what are your thoughts? Thoughts there's, on that? Uh, okay, well, there's a, a couple of different things to like unpack there, I guess. Uh, 
<laughs> one, it's that, you know, Puffco is basically the apple of the cannabis industry. Yep. So everything that they have is manufactured in China. They have certain limitations to that. Um, it's one of those, like, assembled in the, or like... Designed in America, yeah. Yeah, designed in California, assembled yeah. in China. Yeah, and so, you know, they couldn't make it look the way they wanted making it all glass and that's understandable but um i definitely believe in you know being transparent about those things i think right. that they should have definitely told people about that before they spent four hundred dollars on it yeah and even with the um proxy the proxy also has that painted on color oh they're staying with the painted on color but in that example they basically could have had it not painted. Like there's a China. So they made a choice to exactly. Okay. There's a China color that exists that is that gray, but they just chose not to, which is really confusing to me. What are the differences between those two different types of glass that you mentioned? The quartz and the borosilicate. So bo- quartz isn't a type of glass. It's a. I mean, it's like a crystal, I guess. Oh, okay. Um, or I guess it. I mean, like maybe a mineral. There is some, yeah, there, maybe there's some scientific. It falls under like a category of glass or something but borosilicate is basically a mixture of um i think i believe it's sodium some some sodium um chemicals basically to make it stronger so um you know that's why these rigs and all these marbles and accessories won't just uh shatter or break as easily as like a soft glass would or a dinner plate maybe Okay. So they've like made it harder. Yes. Yes. And is that something that they do with just the um just the borosilicate in its existence or is it something that they do like in the blowing of that glass? Both actually. Okay. Um, interestingly enough. So yeah, the borosilicate itself being the type of glass is a lot stronger. And whenever these artists are producing these um Anything really, if, whether it's a bong, a spoon pipe, or even just a, a, a marble, they'll anneal it mm-hmm. in the same way like a pottery artist would anneal their... Um, like you know, fire it, kind right, of? Right, put it in a kiln. Okay. So, you know, keep it super hot for an extended period of time, drop the heat gradually so that it hardens it even more. How did you get into glass? Um, or or bangers specifically, whatever you want to... I guess just... You know, I was in college hanging out with a bunch of friends who showed me what wax was and taking dabs, and I really enjoyed it. So I, I started learning more and more about it, um, you know, going to the local head shops in Texas mm. and, uh, you know, just figuring out as much as I can through that and through YouTube. I watched a lot of, like, cannabis YouTubers back in the day, uh, like Custom Grow 420, like... Um, Raw OG, like, uh, you know, a bunch of those guys. And even um, just, yeah, talking to the one local artist who was in Texas that I knew, um, just picking his brain about how things worked and how he made stuff and how he chose colors and the annealing process and stuff like that. Um, And, yeah, just really went from there. Really really found a um, love for dabbing in the sense that I knew it was a more healthy way to consume, you know, for people to consume their medicine if if that's how they wanted to do it. And uh, Yeah, then combusting, like smoking. Yeah, then, yeah, then, then combustion. Can we do more dabs? I was do gonna... you want to try one? And Other banger will actually work a lot better with the single pearl. 
Okay. Sweet. So this other one that you brought us is, it doesn't have the like second layer um, or like the staggered in. Yeah. What's the difference between, sorry, what's this called? A blender. A blender. Okay, cool. A blender and a terp slurper. So it's really just less chambers. It looks Um, like there's like all these little divots on there. So this for this one example, there's no slits. The only way it gets through is there's basically those stamped grooves on it. Yeah, I that, see them. Which create gaps under the wall. Oh. Okay. It's a little bit different. but Okay. But there is like a way for it to get underneath. Right. There's air. There's a. Okay. A that hose. is something I totally missed. <laughs> okay. Okay. So did you design this? Um, a lot of the bangers now, yeah, we do have custom manufactured. It didn't start like that, obviously. Um, you know, when the industry wasn't as progressed, they were really just standard, really just the standard buckets and, and not much more than that. So there wasn't much for me to change. But now with these new styles, there's a lot of different intricacies. You know, for example, changing the diameter of the bucket just by two millimeters will make it a completely different banger. Or changing the height of the bucket will, you know, completely affect the function um, and yeah, just overall, yeah. So these bangers are designed by us in house, but obviously produced in China, and um, that's something that sets us apart too. That we are completely transparent about that we sell imported bangers, yeah, at a fair price. A lot of our, um, a lot of other businesses will really charge way too much for these things just because they look a lot nicer than your average. Um, China banger. You know? Can you give an example of pricing, like differential? So at the most, we'll charge uh, for our newest, you know, brand new bangers. We'll charge fifty dollars for. Oh yeah. Okay. I bought this one for like eighty. Mm. Yeah. It's so mad. That's, that's not even, dude. The companies will charge t- three times as much as I do for the same exact thing. Wow. So where do you source so. from in China, or is that a secret? No, I mean. Um, Really, he just said he's transparent. No, no, yeah. no. I mean, like, do you have like a special relationship with like Definitely. a factory that, like, Definitely, yeah. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, people can find their own suppliers and ask them to make an exact banger, the exact same banger that I'm having produced. So, um, yeah, yeah I don't want to, no trade secrets. No, yeah, no. Be. I tell, I, I'm like I said, I'm transparent about everything. So, uh, but how did you like find? The factory to work with. That's uh, trial and error. So, you know, the same with any e-commerce brand, you can look up through, you know, Alibaba and DHgate. Oh, yeah. All those websites. That's where I started. Okay. I'm not going to lie. That's where I started. But um, after a lot of trial and error and really just growing the business, they start reaching out to me to try and sell me bangers. So I really just went through a long trial and error process to find who can make me the highest quality bangers in China. And um, yeah, that's where I'm at now. Did you ever go over there? No, I have not yet, actually, but I'd really like to. Yeah. I'd really like to. And now time for a quick commercial break. Shout out today to Agozi Family Hash, one of the best new hash rosin brands on the market in Colorado currently. You can get some at Eclipse Cannabis Company and at different dispensaries around Denver and Boulder, including Unity Road. Check them out at Agozi underscore backup on Instagram. Where in Texas are you from? 
I well, that's actually not where I was born. Okay, but it's where I moved from. Um, where I started Banger Supply. Because I've heard that Texas has like a huge wax scene. Yeah. Now, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Why? Well, there's like a lot of head shops in Texas. There is, yeah. Um, which it wasn't really the, that so much the case. Um, definitely more of like an underground thing when I started Banger Supply. Uh, pre-2020, right before 2020. That, you know, COVID is really what kind of escalated and... Uh, Shot, you know, shot this industry into where it is now. It's just people sitting at home and yeah. looking at Instagram, checking out new bangers and wanting more new bangers because before that they were just used to what, what they had and what was available at the smoke shop. So, well, yeah. and everyone was just at home bored, just either like getting high or getting drunk and watching yeah. TV or on social media. Yeah. And there's so much more variety now. There's blenders and charms and. Well, yeah. What's a charmer? Charmer. Just like a, it's almost like a blender. It's more or less like the blender, but um, just slightly shorter, so you get um, not as much air traveling through the banger. It's more bit. charming. Yeah. Okay. Wait, why is it called a charmer? No well, one knows. <laughs> an American company actually invented that style. Oh. Um, so they have their own kind of uh, a lot more high end, oh, okay. fully engraved, really tricked out one. But we just have like a basic option for people who want to try it. It's definitely a lot easier for an artist to produce something solid, yeah. Where uh, as opposed to something hollow like a bong or a spoon pipe or anything like that. So it really gave a lot of artists an avenue to start blowing glass. Mm-hmm. That was a lot easier, and they can you know sell a lot more because dabbing is a lot you know bigger than people buying spoon pipes at least in on Instagram. So yeah, um, yeah, that was something that that was uh, super advantageous <clears throat> that I really so enjoyed cool. doing. It also opens up a lot of avenues for even other artists into the industry that otherwise wouldn't have an avenue, not just class artists, but just like with the torches, you now have heat cages, you have cool adapters that make it easier to turn them on and off, to stands for them, Um, cool leather wraps, dab tools, Um, so much other artwork from other artists has been able to be incorporated into the industry and into the process, which I think is just even cooler to be able to kind of bring back the art culture Mm -hmm. um, and popularity um, and kind of revive that in a sense through cannabis Mm -hmm. by giving that a whole new avenue and community to appeal to. Yeah. Wait, let's do this. Okay. Gotcha. But can you also tell me side? Yeah, so... um, Now, the... The hottest part of that flame is the tip of the inner, oh. that lighter blue part. Right there? That's, yes, that's the, that's the where you're really going to want to, okay. the distance you want to hold it. And then, so you're going to want to kind of move it up and down a little bit, um, go on each side, you know, back and forth, so you get a nice even heat. And then the bucket one is also... That's more from the bottom, but you want the sides as well. Right. You You do want to heat the entire thing, um, but primarily to get a nice even heat, but you do want to focus on the bottom because that's where you're dropping the dab, essentially. So it's it's what's going to be doing the most work, whereas Mm -hmm. on your slurpers, it's that that chamber on the inside that's going to be doing most of your work. Okay. That's a good way to describe it. What's doing more work? (laughs) Okay, so am I good now? Yeah, that should be be good. And do you want it to ever get red hot? 
No, definitely not. Great question. Definitely not. Yeah, because, you know, back in the day it was always like, okay, get it red hot and then wait a minute. Or, like, get it red hot and then hold your hand as close as you can. Like, it was like as soon as you could hold your hand there, it was at the perfect temperature, this sort of thing, before thermometers. Yeah, the, the wrist. And it's like, right. was that ever correct? That was definitely how I, I definitely started oh, having okay. myself. Oh, yeah. um, now, I would definitely yeah. never, ever do that. I would um, cold start never, my ever finger t- first, which what that means is you, you mostly do that with like buckets or auto spinners, okay. something similar. So you, that's where you, a cold start is where you just put your, your dab actually into your banger before adding any heat. And then you very carefully and gently heat the, the bottom of the banger um, okay. until it starts melting the oil. Um, you just have to be very careful not to accidentally overheat. Yeah, um, so, I always overheat. Um, <laughs> I, for a long time, didn't like doing the cold starts because I would burn my dad every single time no matter what I did. Um, so I definitely prefer temping them. I've gotten better at it since then mm. over time, but that's... Yeah. That would be a better option than heating your banger red hot. Against the wall, yeah, perfect. Basically, when they're manufacturing these bangers, they heat them to a certain temperature. And also, when they anneal them in the kiln, they're annealed at a certain temperature. So they basically have um, some sort of heat memory to where they'll only reach a certain temperature and like to stay at that temperature more often. Okay. And if you're overheating it every time, it's going to lose a lot of that heat retention or heat memory. Okay. Um, so. You'll start seeing, like, a cloudiness on the glass itself? Well, the cloudiness will most likely come from uh, it being vaporized to hot. Okay. So um, So that's the actual uh, residue from the concentrate. Yeah, it'll leave a lot of like a carbon buildup or um, just, yeah, leave like a cloudy surface left behind from it just being burned way too hot onto the quartz. Okay. You don't want it to be burned. You want it to be vaporized. You want to see those nice bubbles, you know. Um, get all the terpenes. Well, yeah, when you, t- when you put it in the isopropyl, it shouldn't all kind of flow off or the Q-tip should at least... Um, Rub it off very easily. Okay. And so did I just overheat that one? No, that seemed perfect. Okay. Yeah, that seemed good. Like the thing, yeah, the thing said like 502, and then I waited probably two seconds just in the moving. (laughs) So anyway. We have really exact science. Yeah, I'm like really trying to. Thanks to Dabright. Yeah. Yes, Dabright. Is that the like thermometer that you use? Yes, yes. They are... um, one of my favorite companies in the industry. They're so Just, sweet. Yeah, they've worked with me a lot, gotten some of our custom bangers even cool. that are on their website right now. So Okay. Um, nice. Hell yeah, they're, yeah. Just, they're super cool. We actually did a food drive with them. Uh, really? Down, uh, was it last Thanksgiving at Illusions? And people, it was basically where you you know you bring um, a certain amount of food mm-hmm. and you can get a free dab right, you know? So oh. wow. 500 pounds of food. And I brought it to the food bank next to our warehouse. And I got the little slip hanging on the wall. It's like one of the coolest things I've ever done. I love that. Okay. Would you like a dab? Sure. Do you have a preference um, blender to Terpsler? Or this if you'd like. Blender, I would actually, yeah, it's a little little easier to deal with. I'm used to the Puffco, the little like slow pull. 
a fast pull. Got that little but this one, bead yeah, spinning. Yeah, this yeah. one you want to do like a harder, a harder pull, okay. in my opinion. Yeah. So in my opinion, like buckets like this is mm-hmm. kind of like an in-between of yeah. that, how hard of a pull you pull with the slurper versus how light of a pull you pull with the puffco. Okay. Um, and I, I do have, it's not a huge difference in the airflow, but I have two separate caps here, both from the same artist, Commander Glass, who has the absolute best seal you can get on oh, yeah. a bubble cap, wow. um, which that does actually make a huge difference in your dab. If you don't have a good seal, you're going to have air leaking in yeah, um, okay. and, and areas for things to escape and it, it affects the ultimate pull that you're looking for. Can I see these? Absolutely. Um, Those are so, I love beautiful. that white clear one. Yeah, yeah. that the is actually secret light. white and then we have the blue stardust with the opal. Stop. This is, how much does something, would something like this run you? Uh, on average, um, from that artist. For just a plain basic cap, anywhere from about 100 to 200. It just depends wow. on how crazy the piece is, how much work goes into it. I want this. He also does collabs with other artists as well, so sometimes that, that affects the price as well. Yeah. Um, definitely check out his work. He has the absolute most amazing work. It's incredible. Hand. The way it catches the light is And the way amazing. it feels in your hand, it feels like a really good like chess piece. I, I have... I. Kind of hate to think even how many of his caps I have at home. Probably, probably too many. I know. And you're, when I was like, "How much money?" You're like, "How many do I have?" Yeah. Luckily, I'm very good friends with him, so I don't oh, have to pay quite as much. Um, we work out do trades, doing these? favors for each other sometimes. Love a barter economy. Um, That's and I'm about or even sometimes just gifts and different things. Um, sometimes I do actually support him though, and do definitely buy his work at full price, even if he tells me not to. I'm like, no. You're taking the full price because you worked hard on this. Yeah. And we actually um, have some of his work available right now okay. on, our, on our website. He's so cool. He makes avail- um, amazing slurper sets as well. Is there any way for y'all to collab then? Because you do import stuff, but he does glass blowing. Like, so, and you can wait until after. Uh, oh, the Alex. Dad. Commander Glass. Yeah. Um, definitely. Yeah. I mean, um, there's a lot of different ways, you know. We actually created our own, um, what we call banger box. So, um, basically they can go on our website and pick out what banger they want to put in it and a specific slurper set that, um, that's so cool. Like, you know, from a different artist. Right. And then that artist sticker will be on the box, kind of like a collaboration box. So yeah, we can definitely do collabs with him in the future. We're planning on it in a few different ways. (laughs) That's awesome. So, you go. (laughs) You go. I was just going to ask how he gets such a good seal compared to others. Oh, man. Oh, so that's something, honestly, I have no idea um, exactly how he does it. Um, I would have to say a lot of that probably does come down just to his experience over time um, Mm. and practice. He puts a lot of time researching airflow, seals. um, We should get him on the podcast. How that actually works. Yeah. can we get a photo of um, you? But he spent a lot of time just kind of, be just kind of practicing with it, just to to nail it down. Yeah. Um, but I'm not 100 percent sure what his exact process is. That would be be yeah. interesting to know. Um, but I know he has just kind of really focused yeah, on it because he realizes how important it is. Perfect. Um, to getting the proper airflow. Airflow. So these two separate caps actually, although they're very similar and very close, they do have slightly different airflows. Okay. Um, so this secret white has a more restricted airflow. Than my blue stardust, um, 
and I can actually heat this banger up. We can do a dab off of it, and we can even swap the cap out mid-dab. Um, and you to, can tell. So you can see the difference a little Whoa. bit and how that works. Okay. Um, if I had thought it through better, I probably would have brought some others of his I have at home that have a much airier airflow where you can really drastically see the difference. Yeah, sure. Um, but the cool thing okay. is, like, he'll customize it. Like, for my secret white cap that has the more restricted airflow, um, if I went back to him and said, hey, I don't want it as restricted, he would file it down and make it a more open airflow. Oh, okay. To, to be more what I want. But I personally like the more restricted airflow with yeah. my custom rig that I have from Evan Chait. Um, ECH Glassworks, he, he does some amazing work. Um, that's my favorite rig. That's my everyday rig. He makes little tiny ones. He makes big Aww. ones. Um, and he can customize them however you really want. And what's really amazing is he also focuses on airflow um, and the volume of the rig and the size of the holes on the perk um, to, as to how that ratio affects your airflow. So you get Wait, a nice yeah. airflow no matter what. Um, with his so rigs. why I feel like people used to always talk about like perks more in college. Yeah. They're not as talked about now, but like, I, yeah. Can you talk more about like per, per, percolators, right? Um, I guess like, or, and how they affect. Yeah, I mean, the dab. <laughs> that might be because the fact that like glass has really advanced even in like the last couple of years mm -hmm. uh, and just in terms of like different designs um, to you know produce different functions there's you know different there's a recycler right which is hard to even explain without a visual representation but it you know more or less moves the water around in a way that constantly is moving fresh water around the perk so and there's different variants of recyclers you know so th there's not um just the perk anymore. Whereas like before it was, you know, what kind of perk can you fit in a straight tube or okay, um, yeah. is it just a beaker with a, you know, three slits or four slits? That's really all there was. You know, there wasn't that much more design. So. Okay. That makes sense. Now artists actually put a lot more time into thinking about, well, many of them do at least, into how that affects the function on the rig, even to the placement of those same exact holes or slits. Um, for instance, Evan used to do a style of rig that had slits only on the backside of this perk. Um, and what that did was it, it moved the water differently mm. uh, and it affected your airflow differently, which would make a huge difference in how much smoke you end up inhaling at one time, um, how hard of a hit you end up getting, um, that chuggier pull versus that light airier pull. That has a, the slits on the back has a much chuggier pull to it. Um, and also the size of your slits and holes compared to the, the volume of the rig itself will make a huge difference. Um, and now there's actually artists that have rigs that don't even have perks in them at all. Mm -hmm. um, they're totally perkless, such as your dry hitters um, or some of your like crazier like, um, like balloon animals. And, oh, yeah. Um, some of those, like they don't actually have perks in them at all. It's actually built into the piece itself mm -hmm. to allow the function on it. So nuts. <laughs> That's amazing. It's it's a what's really amazing is I'm also friends with Evan that made my custom rig and I tell him all the time like I've hit dozens of his rigs over time and every single one of them hits differently um, and has a slightly different function on it and mine's still always my favorite um, <laughs> but it's it's just amazing to see how they'll look exactly the same but still have a slightly different function because of the the volume and it being slightly taller or slightly shorter or wider 
um, or how big the holes may be. Wow. How much is there a focus on like the type of glass and like the quality of the glass itself? As in when making the rigs? Like in ordering like a custom rig, is there a difference in like the actual composition of the glass? No, not necessarily. Okay. Um, in this case, it was more so the blue stardust color okay. over anything. Um, and the fact that it's strictly on the inside of the rig um, when the outside is clear yeah. um, is what makes it more of a custom. Okay. I also let him know, hey, I like an airier airflow um, on mine, but not too airy. Um, and he knows typically the bangers I'm using and the fact I travel with it a lot. Okay. Um, all of those things. So he, that he designed it. For that reason, for wow. me specifically, I have tiny hands, um, so he actually designed it smaller at the bottom so that it, my tiny hands can comfortably hold it, and I don't feel like I'm going to drop it um, like uh, I do with many other pieces. Mm-hmm. So that's ultimately what makes it customized. Yeah. Um, do the colors of the glass do affect the quality occasionally because it does affect how uh-huh. different colors work differently um, when they're actually blowing the glass and working with it. Um, some colors are, they make it softer. Um, then others, so um, really white f- colors, for instance, are really difficult to weld together um, and get a really good stronghold. So you'll see more breakage with those okay. a lot of times. Um, and it's also key with picking the right artist um, that has a lot of practice working with white um, okay. and welding those together. So you get a nice strong weld. Like Commander Glass, for instance, um, has done some amazing collab work where he's welded cute little pandas on top of like panda colored white and black tops. And you have a really nice strong weld um, because he knows that. He's worked a lot with it, and he has a very specific way he puts it together, and it just it holds much better. Um, I actually have a dice here from him. So you were actually talking earlier about how about the indestructible glass. A lot of that actually has to do with how well it's constructed. Mm -hmm. Um, If you have any air bubbles in there or not, you can actually drop it on the table to roll it if you want. I watched him drop it on the concrete floor in the studio last (laughs) night. This is so And it did not break, so... I love it's this. totally usable, totally durable, and it's just because it's that well constructed, with not having so any air pockets pretty. in there. Okay. Um, it's, yeah. Wow, it's like things the shape that of I've... it being square makes it also less likely to break. Whereas on a rig, okay, um, if you knock your rig over, it's less likely to break if it falls like backwards or doesn't have a banger in it. Um, if you have your banger in it and it happens to fall over onto that joint, it's more likely you're going to break your joint than if you didn't have the banger in there because there's that pressure to push against it. Okay. So, note, take your banger out of your rig. When you're not using it, you're less likely to break both. (laughs) (laughs) That's smart. Very, very smart thinking. Are there bangers that are less likely to break? Definitely, yeah. Um, More of the simpler ones, I guess I would say, that have less parts to it. Okay. So, um, you know, that banger being the most basic is just a simple cylinder with a plate on the bottom and obviously the joint attached to it which they all have to have but this banger um you know the fact that there's a lot of it something hanging over there if mm-hmm. you for example drop a marble on it you know it's probably not going to last uh, if you okay. do that too many times um or this banger just um let's say if you if you smack this against something or drop it on the ground it's likely to break you know, at a couple different points. Yeah. Um, okay. Other than just the joint. So. Which is a really good point. I would also, I think, is, Stephen, could you talk a little bit more about why your banger's quality 
is a little bit better than maybe yeah. some other companies that are also importing so, China bangers because there's definitely a difference in that quality, even though it, it may even be more affordable coming from you. Right. So we, we obviously take those um, steps in the design process to try and make them um, better functioning and more durable. One of them being, uh, I'm not sure if, if you even have one that looks differently, but this joint right here being fully blown out and fully welded to the bucket. Um, whereas like back in the day, a lot of the cheaper bangers would basically just be um, like stuck straight, on, yeah, <laughs> straight connected onto it. So it's not as strong of a connection point. It obviously char it takes a little bit more money to, to um, have produced because it's, uh, it's arguably the most difficult part of this banger is to get that joint to be so smooth and fully welded on it. Okay, so um, it starts as two pieces. Right, yeah, okay. it starts as a lot. I mean, even the dish is not connected. They have to cut the slits and, you know, engrave it on the bottom and everything like that. Mm -hmm. But we basically are, you know, consumers ourselves. So I'm trying to get the best banger that China can produce for myself and for my customers. Um, so, you know, that may cost us a little bit more money, but we still try and charge the fairest, the lowest price I possibly can, basically, because I know that, um, <clears throat> you know, people don't want to spend over $100 on a banger if, if they're not ready to invest in something like that. So it's also just the uh, quality control that we do, something that a lot of other companies don't take into account. You know, we're visually inspecting and sometimes even function testing in terms of putting a marble on it and make sure that the uh, top of the bucket will seal correctly. Um, you know, we're doing basically the most vigorous inspection we can to make sure that what the customers are getting um, is going to work as they expect it. So. Okay, nice. Do you have to reject? Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good. A good amount, a good amount. But you know, that, that's something that's come with working with better and better suppliers is um, finding the best manufacturer who uh, will produce a lot less of those defects. And yeah. Sometimes maybe even take them out for me. So. Nice. Okay. So do you go to like expos and conventions like Champs? Yeah, we actually have had a booth in the Denver Champs convention last year. Hey. Um, it was super fun. I met a lot of people and um, definitely don't, don't regret it, but um, it was too expensive for us to do this year, unfortunately. It is expensive. It's like yeah. three or five grand or something just for a booth. Yeah, not to mention the custom stuff I needed for it. So, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. It was nice. it was pricey, but it was wow. fun. And now this year, I just walked around. We try and go to as many conventions as we can, just walking around at least. Okay, cool. Do you yeah. go to like MJ BizCon and stuff like that too, or no. more specific to glass? I've heard of that one, yeah, but I try and keep it specific to glass just because we're in. Uh, you know, at the end of the day, these quartz bangers are somewhat of a niche industry within yeah. cannabis. Um, so yeah, they're more oriented around the glass collectors and. People who really care about what, how they're consuming. Um, okay, well, our final question we ask everyone okay. is, if you could take a dab with anyone, alive or dead, who would it be and why? Oh, but it can't be family. And it can be fictional. And it can be a fictional character. Fuck. Oh, my God, that's so tough. <laughs> <laughs> so tough. Summer, do you have yours? Oh, that's a really difficult question. It can be a so, couple people too. It can be so yeah. many. Uh, I want to go like Avatar. I want to go like Aang. 
from Avatar: The Last Airbender, but I also want to oh, go nice. like Snoop Dogg or someone. Yes. But I also want to go like someone super smart, like Albert Einstein or Elon Musk. There's just so many options. I feel like the four of them mm. together would be. Oh yeah, whole group sesh. <laughs> That'd yes. be amazing. Would you dab with them? Of course. Yeah, of course. Nice. They're down with it. <laughs> it's like they better be. That's what they're there for. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I would almost want to say. Like Harry Potter. I just feel like it would be oh, really fun to get really high hilarious. and do some magic. <laughs> Hell yeah. That's a good one. I feel like being high doing magic would be yeah. yes. really fun. All my best ideas come when I'm high. Fuck. I agree. Mine too. Just seems appropriate. When I'm high and in the shower. Yes. Mm-hmm. Or about to fall asleep. Oh, oh yes. Yeah. Then I don't remember. I know. That's- I just remember I had a great idea. That's the worst. <laughs> I used to keep a notebook by my bed because I would have so many good high ideas Like as I was falling asleep. And I was like, I have to write them down. That's a good idea. <laughs> um, awesome. Wait, I just had one. We, another question well, that I forgot. We also ask people what the future of the cannabis industry um, oh, yeah. is. But you could do future of the glass industry yeah. or future of bangers. like. Or all of the above. I don't know, honestly. It is. It's like it's a it's a very good. It could question. go in so many different directions. We take so much feedback from our customers that if you're listening to this right now, maybe you can decide what the future is. <laughs> yeah, tell me, and I'll I'll make it. Yeah, yeah. Thank you again. Okay, where can people contact you or find you? Our Instagram is banger dot supply. Um, that's also our website URL banger dot supply. And we have a mobile app now. We can shop. Um, cool. Basically, download a mobile app and shop there, like it's our website, iOS and Android. That's and, awesome. Yeah. Hell, yeah. Hell yeah! And summer, where can people find you? Uh, my Instagram is dabbing underscore shinobi, um, and you can also find me through a gozi as well. Awesome. Wait, what does shinobi mean? <laughs> uh, so that is actually another word for ninja in oh, Japanese. Oh, okay. dabbing ninja. And is it spelled S H E N N? Wait, O B. Could you spell it for us? S H I N O B I. Thank you. Absolutely. I like lost myself halfway. That was good. All right. Well, thanks again. Thank you. And as always, stay high. high.